This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's podcast. Have you ever headed to a destination and realized that you were on the wrong route? Well, with our GPS devices today, getting lost doesn't happen as frequently for me as it used to. I still depend on the signs along the way, though, to assure me that I am on the right path. Well, today we're going to travel with the wise men to see what a navigation tools that they used to find the newborn king. We'll discover why they were wise, and we'll learn of their response to the Christ child. Perhaps we can gain from their wisdom for our own preparation for Christ's coming. The Reverend Mark Ray is back with us today to help us learn from the Magi, better known as the wise men. Mark is the Vice President of Community Development here at Grace and also the Executive Director of our Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Mark holds a Master of Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary and a Master of Divinity from Grace School of Theology. He has served churches as an associate pastor and as a lead pastor and has served as COO of a major evangelistic ministry. Mark, we're just on a roll, and I'm so glad that you've come back to continue this with me. Christmas is a good roll. Oh, glad to be it here. is. It is. Well, you know, there's probably no one who knows the Christmas story that doesn't know about the wise men, but I think they there may be some today that are going to learn some new things, because I think there are some things that we may have uh, misunderstood about who the wise men were and what they did. But what can we learn from Scripture regarding the background of the Magi? Well, there's a couple of things we can learn. First of all, they were called Magi. They were wise men. Um, they were from the East. Um, typically, a, a lot of scholars believe they came over from Persia. Um, and they, what we know about them being wise um, is that they had a couple of things at their disposal. Um, there's scholarship that thinks that there were traveling missionaries who actually brought the Old Testament scrolls to them. Mm -hmm. So they had the scriptures, at least the Old Testament scriptures, mm -hmm. that they studied. One of the things that made them wise was they actually studied the scriptures. The second thing is that they were astrologers slash astronomers, and so they studied the stars. Well, let's think about it for a moment. Mm -hmm. Who put the stars in the sky? Mm -hmm. And so that there was this, uh, th there was this joint effort by them to know what was going on in the world. And they studied a number of different things, but they studied the scriptures and they studied the stars. So some of the background to this is that they were wise men simply because they learned. Mm -hmm. They took the time and the effort and the energy to be educated yes. in the things of their trade. Um, and what we'll see soon is that they actually put them to use. Yes, yes, and they connected the dots, they didn't did. they? they really <laughs> yes, they did. did. Yes. It's interesting to me that though they were they were likely pagan men just from where they were from and, yes. and their upbringing, uh, they did seem to be very well versed on biblical prophecy and and it almost appears that they did believe and as we consider their actions. So 
that got knowledge that they have gained, you say was likely from from scrolls that were taken to them, or would there's, there be other? There's scholarship to yeah. to support the fact that that they had the the Old Testament scrolls in some way, okay. shape, or form. They had okay. those to study them. But think about it from this standpoint: um, they studied, they understood, and then they looked for those signs, uh, the the signs on the road, if you will, because there was an anomaly in the sky. Uh, there was an anomaly that pointed to something was going on. Right. When they read in Micah 5.2 about a king who was to be born in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. that that was a prophetic statement. And then as, as the, the, the New Testament scriptures in, in Matthew tell us, they saw what they called his star, the king's star. They put two and two together, that yes. there's this sign in the sky and there's this sign in the scriptures that tell us something big is happening. And one of the unique things about that sign in the sky was that it moved. Yes. Different from a stationary star, this star moved. Whatever this uh, astronomical anomaly was, it moved and it led them and directed them. So mm-hmm. something pointed to that and something pointed to this. And as you said, they connected those dots and mm-hmm. said, there's something going on. There is a king who's coming into this world. And we want to go find out what this is about. We want to check it out. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, they they were astronomers, so they're always watching the sky. They see the star. They see it's moving. They make that connection that, that it's his star. Yes. Uh, which to me sort of gives that indication of belief, uh, yes. which, which, is, which is really good. But how did they demonstrate that belief? Great question. Uh, you can kind of leave it in these couple of forms. First of all, they believed enough to pack everything up and follow the star. They knew there was something important about this. And when they connected it with Micah 5.2, but you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. They knew a ruler was coming. They knew a new king was coming. So the first thing they did was they believed enough that something was happening to pack it up and go see. Mm-hmm. But they also came to worship, we're told by the scriptures. They came to worship this king. And came prepared to and worship. And came prepared to worship. So yes. there was there was a reason behind them coming, not just to be a spectator, mm-hmm. to be an eyewitness to this, but also to be a participant in the worship of this king. Mm-hmm. So this king was obviously... Uh, of great enough importance that there was an astronomical anomaly that that they recognized. They combined that with the scriptures. They got on their camels. They came across the desert. Left everything behind. Left everything, packed everything up, and yeah. came to worship mm. this king. So we mm. at least know to that point, yes. though they were more than likely pagan, there was a belief in something big was going on. Something yes. big was happening. And yes, yes. Well, you know, it begs the question, uh, who do we believe Christ is? And do we demonstrate our belief uh, to the world who's watching, Mark? Absolutely. Well, and here we are, Christmas time, um, a time in which what we read, what we study, what we understand is the birth of the king. Mm -hmm. Do we believe it? Does my life reflect it? Do I share it? Do others see him in my life? I mean, if we go all the way back to Genesis, we are the image bearers of God. We have that character of Christ in us. Do we show that off? Mm -hmm. 
And does our character, especially at Christmas time, show to the point that other people are attracted to him mm -hmm. by who I am and what I do? Yes, yes. Well, upon their arrival at Jerusalem, they let it be known that they had come to worship this newborn king of the Jews. Uh, how did King Herod respond to this news? I have always found this fascinating. Um, they come into town. They're obviously some type of higher-ups. They, they come bearing gifts, and they come into town proclaiming this, uh, this prophetic statement. There's a king that's going to be born. He's the king of the Jews, and they're coming to the quote-unquote king of the Jews. I think there's an interesting fact to be stated that Herod never says, I'm right here. Oh, they come in and say, where's right, the king of the Jews? Right. He never says, you're here looking at him. Yeah. Here, I, here I am. <laughs> in fact, what he says is, when you find him, mm. bring news back to me and I would like to go worship him as well. Well, mm. Bethlehem's five miles from Jerusalem. He could have easily, had he known the scriptures well enough, he could have easily have gone to the scriptures and, and seen this and then gone to Bethlehem and worshiped if that was his true desire to do, to actually worship the new king. So he makes this pact with them. You go off and find him, then you come back and tell me where he is so I may come worship him too. But I do think it's a fascinating thing that they come in to say, where's the king of the Jews? And he says, when you find him, tell me. Yeah, tell me. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll be right with I'll be you. Right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, he, he obviously uh, was, was troubled enough uh, about the, the, their being there and their proclamation. But he, the scribes and the chief priest, had actually read to Herod Micah 5.2. Yes. Which, which, again, just for our listeners, uh, it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, all, though you are a little, um, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So he's he knows what is happening, and he doesn't like it, does he? <laughs> well, if you're the ruler of of Israel in Jerusalem, the self-proclaimed ruler of Israel in Jerusalem, and you just now read a prophecy that says there's a new ruler in the land. Yeah. Yeah, this, this puts a target on Herod's back. Yes. Um, it is why he makes this pact. You show me where he is. I want to come worship him. Well, mm -hmm. we know he doesn't want to come worship him. Yeah. He wants to come take care of him, exactly. get him out of the picture. Get him out of the picture, um, of course. And, and there is this whole hierarchy of people that are underneath heaven that have mm -hmm. been employed. They have a position. They have, they have their power because Herod's in, in position and power under really Roman rule. Um, so there's a lot at stake, which is why the ruling class in Jerusalem is troubled at the news that there is a new ruler in town. Yes. Um, and this new ruler is the one who is the king of the Jews. He's the one proclaimed by God to be the ruler. Mm -hmm. Herod's in big trouble. Yes, he is. And he is. knows it. Yes, he is. Well, the wise men, uh, you know, one of the things that's often not explained uh, in the, the Christmas pageants uh, is that it took a time for the wise men to arrive to see the Christ child. Uh, we estimate he was what? Uh, he was a toddler, right? A year He's, and a half, two years old. Two years old, two yes. years old. So, so it was not immediate. So not only had they left everything, prepared to bring uh, items for worship, but they were persistent over a long period yes. of time, maybe up to this two years. 
you know, the old phrase is wise men still seek him. Oh, These yes. wise men sought him. I mean, mm -hmm. they they put some shoe leather down on, on the pavement to come mm -hmm. find him. Um, and what we do find out is when they actually find him, he's not in the stable. He's not wow. in, the, in, in the back alley of the inn. He's actually at a house. Mm -hmm. And he's between a year and a half and two years old, which means he's maybe walking. He may have a few mm -hmm. small words that he's speaking. Right. Um, he is not this babe in a manger that we mm -hmm. get, again, traditionally from the pageants. Yes. I think it's a beautiful thing, though, that they come and... and it's, it has been stated before, but I, and it's worthy of being stated again. The gifts that they bring, mm -hmm. these are gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let's talk about those yes, for just a yes. minute. Um, it's the reason why we think there are three, because there were three gifts. Why we think <laughs> right. there are three wise. Didn't bring a gift. Well, there, there could have been a whole lot. Uh, true. Um, but we know that they brought three gifts. Uh -huh. The first gold, it's interesting when the angel comes to Joseph and Mary and tells them to flee mm -hmm. and go to Egypt. Mm -hmm. Interesting that he's a carpenter. He's a lowly carpenter, probably not making a whole lot of money. He gets to go to Egypt and start over. What does he start over on? Ah. Well, here's the gift of gold. Provision. That's the provision of God for them to go to Egypt to protect the child wow. and have something to live on. The second thing is that you get frankincense and myrrh, which are burial spices. Mm. So these are coming to anoint the king with gifts given to a king who is prepared to die. Wow. They are coming with gifts to, to basically anoint him on his charge to come as a king who is to die for his people. Wow. I've never made that connection before, that a beautiful before, thing to think? Yeah. These yes. were the burial spices that they come. So when they present him with the gifts, here's the gold that protects him. Mm -hmm. But this is a foreshadowing of his death. He is, mm -hmm. he is, be, he is a king who has been born to die, and they mm -hmm. bring the gifts, actually the burial gifts, wow. for him to come. So it's this, it's this beautiful seeking of him. And I think it's even uh, it's even more significant that it's down the road. It's a year and a half to two years where, mm -hmm. where as an as a toddler, as an infant, uh, as a toddler, he may have recognized a little bit of what was going on. Certainly, they would have recognized him as one who was beginning to grow, uh, mm -hmm. one who's beginning to come into the role, even at two years old. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. Wow. I, I, I love, I'm still thinking about the gifts. Those are, <laughs> that's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. Well, of course, we know King Herod directed them to now come back and tell me where he is so I can go and worship him. Uh, God changed the direction. What, yes. how, what did God do? Well, again, he sends a messenger to tell them, don't go back to Herod. Go this way. So the interesting thing for me is that they come and they worship. He doesn't, God never deters them from their worship. They actually come and do their worship, but then he warns them a divine warning not to go back to Herod. This is God's provision for protection over his son again. If they had gone back and told him, mm. they're going to come get him. Yeah. Uh, Herod's going to come get him, but they, they're divinely warned and directed by God to head back home. Yes, They get a chance to come. They fulfill their mission. Mm -hmm. They worship and they head back home. I've often wondered what their life might have been like after that. Oh, Did yes. they become believers? Had they, they'd now seen him? Um, they'd presented their gifts? Mm -hmm. Did they keep up with the story about him? I, I always wonder what, we don't have any textual conclusion for that. It's but, sad. But, uh, because you know they also told. Oh, had to have. <laughs> you had to tell. We've seen the king. Yeah, we've seen yeah. him, we were there. <laughs> That's right. Oh my. Yes. Wow. Well, in closing and in light of what we've learned about the wise man, 
What questions should we be asking ourselves about our own worship of the King? It's a great, great question. And I want to refer us back to Mary and Joseph and Simeon, the pattern that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. The first thing is they believed. Uh, The second thing is they obeyed that belief by actually going and seeking him, by actually going and finding him. And then like Mary in her song, like Simeon in his song, they worshiped him. They proclaimed who he is. He is the king. And they brought gifts to proclaim Mm -hmm. who he is and actually gifts that foreshadowed his purpose. Um, So can we do the same thing? Can we say today, right now is the right time for me to believe Mm -hmm. he is who he said he was? Mm -hmm. Is it the right time for me to seek him? Because let me tell you, if you seek him, he will be found. Uh, And then third, to worship him mm-hmm. and to worship him as the one who has come. Yes. Um, we can take a take a book uh, page from the book of the Magi and do the same thing they did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about how we part of worship is giving. Absolutely. And, and when you consider how God provided the provision for Christ's family through these men, uh, especially during this Christmas season, as you've pointed out in, in previous podcasts, there are opportunities that seem to arise during the Christmas season. Yes. And and the Lord may be wanting us to use our financial gifts or other resources that we might have. Very possible. To, to make provision for a family. Um, well, and, and maybe we put it in this into this category, Carmen, that God's asking us to be wise. Uh, and yes, to be wise with yes. what we have. Yes. And to be gracious. Uh, and bless others with what we have. I'll tell you a quick story. Yes. Uh, friends of ours years and years ago decided at Christmas time that they wanted to, to actually play out the 12 days of Christmas. So they would anonymously choose a family uh-huh. and every single day for 12 days, they would place a gift at their front door anonymously. Nobody ever knew it. And they blessed a family every single year, typically a family that did not have. Yes. They would bless that family with a small gift at the door every single day for 12 days. Mm-hmm. And so they would bless that family. Wouldn't that be an incredible thing to yes. pass that legacy on? It certainly uh, would. As the wise men did. When they came and in worshiping, they brought gifts. Yes. Just just a marvelous thing to think about. Because God knows all along what the need is in Absolutely. family. Absolutely. Wow. It's beautiful. Well, Mark, once again, this has been so much fun, learning so much about those wise dudes. Those wise so, dudes. So uh, thank you again for, you for joining us. The Magi believed the signs and the scripture that a great king had been born. They sought him tirelessly, following the star that took them on the right path to Jesus. They worshiped Christ as the king that he is. May we all be that wise. Well, I'm sure you have friends and family who would be encouraged by this Advent series. It's titled The Right Time. We do encourage you to share this podcast so that they too can be encouraged as you have perhaps been today. Remember that we have free devotionals to go along with this series. It would be perfect for your quiet time or even for a small group study. We hope you'll download your free devotional today at gsot.edu forward slash center. That's gsot.edu forward slash center. Again, we're so happy that you chose to join us today. Please remember that the love of Christ can never be earned and it can never be lost.
You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership. <laughs>